This is the Press Play Podcast, brought to you by Real Resilience. If you listen to a real analog tape, this sounds really different to a digital production. This is one of the reasons why we wanted to do this reel-to-reel machine to lift up our competence in analog reproduction. Gunter Curtin, CEO of Foreigns, opening episode 17 of the Press Play podcast by stating succinctly why his company has introduced their model TM1600 reel-to-reel player to the market. Gunter is my in-conversation guest this episode. We will be hearing why he wanted the Thorns name on a reel-to-reel, who the machine is aimed at, why it costs what it does, and the question most asked, why a player only? This is the first Press Play podcast of 2021, and I wish you all the best for the coming year. Surely it can't be as bad as last year, and whilst the cancellation of virtually all of the audio and hi-fi shows left us bereft of one aspect of real-to-real resurgence, it has meant increased time in our homes and studios to explore and use the format we love so much. This time last year, I made plans for a number of events and shows to attend and participate in, but I only managed one before everything was locked down. That was the Bristol Hi-Fi show in the UK. My visit to it featured 10 episodes back in episode 7. This coming year, I have again a list of events to attend and stage. The first of these is an online event later this month, on Saturday, January the 23rd at 1500 GMT. It will see me staging a webinar on how to carry out an audio lineup of your tape machine. We'll cover the principles, the tools and the method I use to do this and pass on some tips too. It will be 90 minutes long to do the subject justice and it's at 1500, that's 3pm UK time or UTC, so that's 1500 GMT. There is a small charge of five UK pounds. Uh, I estimate that's around 550 euros, 650 US dollars or about nine Australian dollars to cover my costs. But that's it. Tickets can be purchased from Eventbrite at the following address. Eventbrite.co.uk. That's E-V-E-N-T-B-R-I-T-E dot co.uk. And search for Open Real Tape Machine Lineup Webinar when you get to that site. I make some documents for download on my website too. That date again, Saturday the 23rd of January at 1500 GMT on how to carry out an audio lineup of your tape machine. I'm aware this podcast gets all over the world, so I hope that time works for you. Tickets are selling well, and I really look forward to you joining me. My chat with Gunter Curtin from Thorens is next. Subscribe to the Press Play podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your pods. I'd like to welcome to the Press Play podcast, Gunter Kurten. I've been trying to get many of the new manufacturers of tape machines on, and uh, we've had one already, and I welcome Gunter to the Press Play podcast. Gunter, hello to you. Thank you for inviting me for this podcast. What prompted Thorns to introduce an open-wheel tape machine to its range? Uh, to be honest, it's for me, it's more a hobby than a business case, because the TM1600 is something very emotional to me. This has to do with with my family, my history. My my mother, she was an opera singer and my father always recorded her and I own many of these tapes and I wanted to have a new tape machine to listen to these tapes. So this was the one of the in, uh, initial start for, for the TM1600. Thorns is known for its turntables and I yeah. think you would appreciate, and this is no disrespect to turntables, but 
a reel-to-reel tape machine is probably one of the most complex pieces of audio equipment ever manufactured. Many challenges to overcome. What were the challenges that you had to overcome to get the TM1600 to a product and to market? I agree. Uh, a tape machine is a very complex product. And Torrance itself, it's specialist for turntables. And turntables, we develop 100% by ourselves. This tape machine, I asked Balfinger from, from Düsseldorf in Germany. The owner is Roland Schneider because he has developed already a, um, a new reel-to-reel for his own uh, company. And we met each other and we talked about analog um, audio and so on. And then we created this idea to make something together because Thorin's brand awareness is much bigger than uh, than Balfinger. And that was the reason why we, we said, let's create something together. And what market are you aiming this tape machine at? Uh, all over the world is, is the target. Um, when we introduced the TM1600 uh, last year on the high-end show in Munich, the feedback was enormous. So we didn't know how many uh, machines we can sell. So we set up our internal target. We said, oh, maybe we can do 100 units. <laughs> Remember in the past, I think Revox or Studer, they, they did 100 in an hour. So something like that. <laughs> so it's, it's um, uh, we didn't know how much and how big the potential market is. So th- we just started from the stretch. And um, now we see we have a great response. We have also great feedback every reviewer wants to review the tape machine all over the world so actually we don't have so many tape machines to uh, to answer all these requests you mentioned a hundred potentially you could sell a hundred machines are you on target for that or have you exceeded yes. that um, yes we are on target uh, so we didn't deliver so far 100 units but this is a long-term project so you have to know this machine is really handmade, piece by piece. So we have slots of 10 units each, and they are done by Roland Schneider from Balfinger by himself. Uh, this is nothing you can compare with a turntable production where we have bigger slots. This is really a very small uh, production which we do. And that uh, explains maybe also the the pricing of that product. Some people think, oh, it's an expensive product and I will buy a used machine for less. Yes, then buy a used machine, but the quality is also different. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the price because that's something that is always comes up amongst the yeah. tape machine fraternity. How expensive is it? Before I get to ask you that question, I, I would say in your defense, and this is something that I think people overlook, we mentioned about the complexity of the machine. You mentioned Roland is hand building these things. Yeah. Um, there's also just the physical size and weight of it. It is not like producing, say, a turntable that's maybe five or six kilograms and that can go in a cardboard box, a bit of packing, and go in a lorry and be distributed. This is a, a weighty machine that, in all respects, yeah. I, I liken them to a bit like pianos. You can tune them up and then you move them and they go out of tune again. So you've got all those other factors to take into account in the cost of producing them. Would I be right? You are absolutely right. The TM1600 is, it belongs to the 1600 series within our lineup. We have also two turntables in the 1600 uh, series, TD1600 and TD1601, which are very successful and they are kind of 
milestone in the younger uh, history of the Thorns brand. And I wanted to have something which fits to these turntables and in, in the combination. By the way, most of the customer who already bought the TM1600, they also own a TD1600 or 1601. That's not a single product. Many of them, they are just lovers of the brand and lovers of the analog uh, music reproduction. Yes, of course, the Thorns has got such, such a history going back, yes, what, over, 100, uh, over 125 years, I believe. 137 years now. 137, yeah. wow. We are the oldest consumer electronics brand in the world. Unbelievable history. Really? Yeah. Well, I've learned something new today. Positive feedback there for the TM1600 from the hi-fi industry. And the real surprise that Roland Schneider of Ballfinger is making these things almost by hand. I guess that is a reason why it costs what it does. I do hope that Roland, in devoting his time to the TM1600, won't take him away from producing his own range of machines. The M063 does look a lovely machine. New or used, record or replay only, I noted a thread on one of the social media sites this week about the pros and cons of demagging of the record and replay heads. Should you do it? If so, when? And, I second this, how you do it? Some clearly knowledgeable posters stated it was only necessary unless the machine was in for a service. Others saying that unless you take care and do it properly, the chances of damaging your machine can't be ruled out. My take is, if I'm working on a machine and I don't know its history, then yes, I demag the heads. I don't want my precious and expensive lineup tapes losing their high-frequency test tones because there is a bit of magnetism in the heads. But I also agree that carrying out the demagging process incorrectly does risk damaging the heads and the amps. Turning off your machine is the first thing to do before demagging. Having a demagger that would do the job is another. Those designed for cassette decks aren't up to the job. And finally, there's a knack to how you move and operate the demagger over the heads when carrying out the procedure. I've produced a video on preparing a machine for audio lineup as part of my webinar, and how you demag is part of this. Press Play is the podcast from Real Resilience. Find us at realresilience.co.uk. Back to part two of my conversation with Gunter Curtin, CEO of Thorens. I open with a question everyone asks when news of the TM1600 was posted. I was looking at your Facebook page and mentioning the shipping of the TM1600s, and there were some great comments on there. Um, one of them I'll have to pick up on, uh, and I was going to ask anyway, why yeah. replay only? Um, this has to do with our history. Thorens is known for turntables, and never Thorens produced something which can record music. And on the other hand, what do you want to record? It's a consumer machine. It's not a professional machine for studios um, uh, and for recording engineers. It's a product for listening to music. And the question really is in the, these times, what do you want to record? A stream or from CD or from, from vinyl? From my point of view, that doesn't make sense. And I agree, it's a, it's a niche market, but there are um, a lot of great uh, recordings in the market. You can buy pre-recorded master tapes, and the quality from those tapes is really amazing. And we wanted to achieve the best quality in, in analog reproduction. And from my point of view, 
uh, in this sense, uh, a pure uh, machine uh, without recording is is fine. Well, I can concur um, some degree with that in terms of the audio electronics complexity of the record side of a tape machine is way more complex than the replay side. And indeed, in working on the tape machines as I do, lining them up, the replay and side works very well. It's always the problems on the record side you get. Yeah, and on top of that, it makes the product much more expensive. There are tape machines available which have the record function. You can buy a used one or you can buy a brand new one for Balfinger. But those machines, uh, for example, the new Balfinger, is, I think it starts at 25,000 euros, something like that, or even higher. So I wanted to have something which is still affordable, of course, 12,000 uh, euros, a lot of money, no question about that. But this product is something different. If we plan a new turntable, we do it for a certain price point. We develop a product for a certain price point and we are looking, does it fit to our lineup and uh, where is the competition and so on. But for this real-to-real machine, there's no big competition. We produced it for another, from another point of view. And again, we touched on earlier about Roland hand assembling these things. All of these parts cost money. There's steel fabrication, there's castings, there's yes. a lot of components that go into even the simplest tape machine or a replay-only tape machine, as you rightly point yeah. out, the complexity increases yeah. so much and the cost. So all those things have to be taken into account. Yes, tape machines are complex. Mm -hmm. I notice on your website you're offering, for instance, to set up your tone arms on your turntables. What support have you got in place for tape machines because yeah as it comes out the box now it will work perfectly i'm sure it will but five six years down the line what are you looking at to support these machines of course balfinger is taking care of uh, of the service together with us and there's no special kit for the support there's a lot of stuff available from from studer and, uh, and nagra and so on which we can use for this machine as well so there there's no need to do something special just for a TM1600. Will there be others in the Thorns range or will this be a one-off? I think it, it will be one-off. Um, <laughs> there's no planning for another machine with, uh, for example, with recording function. I think this is something which I will not do in the near future. One's enough for the time being, I see. Yeah. Looking at the, the specifications for the 1600, it's a lovely looking machine. And indeed, if you go to the Bullfinger site, you can see the parentage of it. But it's been given the Thorin's makeover with the lovely uh, wood surround. I notice it hangs on the wall. Is that possible to do? From technical point of view, it's possible, but it's not planned like this. So we, we want to place it just like a turntable. This is the idea behind the 1600 series. So it's, it's not planned to hang it on the wall, even if it, it would be possible from a technical point of view. Hung on the wall as a showpiece or even said side yeah. by side with one of your turntables, it will still yeah. look absolutely yeah. fantastic. Mm. Gunther, I thank you very, very much for your time. All praise to you for taking what must have been a massive deep breath and saying mm. Thorens is putting its uh, energies behind producing a new tape machine for the uh, yeah. 21st century. One final thank question. You. 
Yes, mm-hmm. lockdown has internationally has put a big stop on all of the yeah. hi-fi shows and promotions face-to-face. Mm-hmm. But will you be doing the rounds of the hi-fi shows in Europe and the and the rest of the world, hopefully in 2021 when we get back yes, to normality? Uh, we already booked our booth for the high-end show in Munich in September, which is postponed from May to, to September. Hopefully the, it will happen. Nobody knows. At the end, it's, it's, it's a strange situation. Of course, now we have lockdown also here in Germany since two days. But to be honest, for our audio business, it's good. So people staying at home, they have more time to listen to music. And we have a lot of phone calls from customers. Um, they are asking, oh, I have an old Thorins. I need a new belt or a new cartridge or whatever. Or I want to buy a new Thorins. So the last quarter, I would say that that was crazy. We, we have been very busy and made and great success in sales. So I'm happy. Yeah, I'm really happy. That's excellent news in these times. Yes, listeners have plenty of time to stay at home and listen to Thorin's music, hopefully on a, a TM1600 if they make that yes. purchase. <laughs> Gunter Kersen, CEO of Thorin's, I thank you very, very much for your time and wish you every success in the future. Thank you. Okay, thank you so much. Have a nice time. Encouraging news for the future of Thorin's from Gunter there. He's right, our enforced stay at home has increased listening on all formats and, of course, one of those being reel-to-reel. You can see images and specs for the Thorin's TM1600 Open Reel Player on the Thorin's.com website. Just search for TM1600. And there are a few videos on YouTube about it too. Again, just search for Thorin's TM1600. Brand new or brought back from the dead, record or replay only. Age and facilities aren't a factor in reel-to-reel. It's that indescribable something that just gets you there. Yeah, just there that counts. So until the next time we speak, and I hope to speak to some of you on the 23rd of January during the webinar, you know what you have to do. Let's keep it real.